side. It is time for the CMMC hour. Chuck Gill comes in. He always brings along a guest. Chuck will join us in the last segment to talk about upcoming events and things happening over at the hospital and involving the hospital. Right now, we talk to Dr. Eisenhower. I don't know if we can call him the general or not, but he does come to us from Boston's Brigham and Women's Hospital, where he was the director of interventional cardiology, angioplasty, and structural heart disease. He's nationally recognized as an expert in his field. Dr. Eisenhower, how are you this morning? Very well, thanks. My mother would have liked that introduction. Good. Yeah, that's good stuff. I've already offended you once by letting you know I was a Yankees fan, so I wanted to make sure that I at least tried to make up for it. Good, so good. It was, it was good stuff. This is the first guest who ever said, hey, I'd, I'd probably walk out if you were wearing Yankees gear. So now I've alerted Chuck that I'll, I'll have to wear it next time. So let's, let's talk about uh, the, the first start here. How did you, uh, you get involved with, uh, with uh, your, your current field? And more importantly, when did you decide to become a doctor? I decided to become a doctor. Uh, you know, this is a sort of typical story. When I was a kid, um, both my sisters, who were older than I was, were nurses. And in those days, if you're interested in healthcare and you're a woman, you became a nurse. And if you're interested in healthcare and you were a guy, you became a doctor. So I went down that road um, and deviated a little bit uh, in college um, in the 60s. Uh, and after college, I thought, you know, I should get back to what I was really interested in. And so I went to medical school, and uh, the rest really fell into place. A lot of people deviated from things in the 60s, this Dr. True. Eisenhower. This is not a, it's not a big thing. Um, what, uh, it's pretty common at this <laughs> yes. point, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, we won't go into the details. We're not going to talk about the van trip across the country or anything. But um, Did what, I see you on that trip? I, no, I wasn't <laughs> no. there yet. No, 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 unfortunately. I don't even have like older siblings. I could be like they were there too. It's really something. Uh, why did you decide to get into cardiology? Uh, that's a good question. It was, um, I think, as in many instances with people in medicine, it was because of mentors, people that I admired who uh, I thought uh, were really good doctors. And... Uh, Cardiology was a very physiologic sort of subspecialty. You had to really think about science and how the body worked. And so it also had a burgeoning interventional component where you actually got to do stuff rather than just think about things. And so uh, it was a good mix for me. Well, it sounds like it is. Now, how, you've, you're coming from Boston's Brigham and Women's Hospital. That's a, that's a pretty big place. That's well known. It, what, uh, what made you decide to come to Maine? Well, it's very interesting. So I've had uh, a home in Maine for many years. So I have connections to the state. Um, at the Brigham, we saw patients from all over the state for heart failure, transplant, complex intervention. And I was impressed uh, working with CMMC over the years about the hospital's vision for getting everyone together. And by that, I mean that the standard academic hospital model is you have a department of this or a division of that. They're administrated separately, and the physicians in them answer to different uh, structures. At CMMC, we have a heart and vascular institute where all the various subspecialties come together in one group really focused on the patient. And it sounds um, sort of like apple pie and motherhood, but uh, CMMC really has had that vision for the past 10 years. And so that's one of the things that attracted me here. Plus, I think that uh, Maine deserves the best. I would agree with that, as someone who's lived in Maine for most of his life. Dr. Eisenhower from 
Central Maine Medical Center, part of the CMMC Hour. We'll talk more with him coming up. It is 8, 13, 15 degrees. We're live on the corner of Center and Bradman. It is Z1055. Bringing you the 80s, 90s, and today. I'm a model. You know what I mean. And I do my little turn on the catwalk. Music station. C1055. 15 degrees outside, 822. Dr. Eisenhower joins us. And he is the director of interventional. He was uh, coming here from Boston's Brigham and Women's Hospital, where he was the director of interventional cardiology, angioplasty, and structural heart disease. Talk a little bit about how he got here and why he why he chose CMMC. So Let's talk a little bit now about interventional cardiology and, and structural heart disease. Doctor, there are a lot of things that can happen to the heart. This is true. Now, first question, how do you talk to, I mean, that, that's serious stuff. It's not like, hey, we're going to just fix your knee. I mean, you kind of have to relate to folks because it can really be with heart stuff. It really is, you know, not to make too much out of it. It really can be life or death if it's not treated properly. How do you convey that without really scaring someone well, you know? well I, li- I like to say we're serious but not solemn right and it's important to talk to people about what they have what we can do what we can't do what the alternatives are and i often say that it's very very important to get the patient and the family as part of the team and it's interesting that what is the right treatment for one person with one condition might not be the right treatment for a second person with the identical condition. You have to factor in what the patient's goals are. If you do that, the discussion about risk and about danger really comes naturally. And patients are smart. They understand. We're all reasonable people. We understand that, you know, when you get in your car, there's a risk. We have to minimize that risk, but there's a risk. What um, there's been quite a few advances, I would assume, in heart stuff over the last few years. Of course, you've done heart, uh, you've been involved with folks that need heart transplant and things like that as well. Um, is there anything that sticks out to you that you're just surprised that we've come this far when it comes to comes to you know, heart, I guess you could call it heart maintenance, I guess, sure, well, or heart I, repair. I think if you, uh, you take pause one day and look back over the past ten years, so. Uh, the treatment of valvular heart disease, being able to replace a heart valve with a catheter without a surgical incision was a complete pipe dream 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And now it's becoming more and more routine and we're looking in an investigational standpoint at treating all the valves in the heart and uh, without uh, major uh, surgery, uh, which was completely unheard of. People would have thought they were nuts thinking about it 20 years ago. Uh, So um, like the advances in electronic communication and computers, it's really staggering. But when you're involved in it on a day-to-day basis, we begin to take it for granted. Certainly do. A lot of different heart diseases out there. What's the best way for someone to, I don't know, check and make sure they don't have something? Because you see it all the time. Healthy, blah, 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 does this, and uh, dropped it at 45 because apparently had heart disease, had the heart of an 85-year-old woman or something, you know? Right. Well, most heart disease that you see in adults 
is something that's been going on for a long time before it comes to attention. And so the first thing that you have to think about as a person is what your lifestyle issues are, right? What's your diet? How do you exercise? How do you deal with stress? All the things that we know about from you know, listening to the media all the time. But so many people don't take it seriously and they don't take it seriously for their kids. So for example, the foods that you like, the dietary habits that you have are things that were established when you were a kid. What your parents fed you becomes the stuff you like. So if you grew up like I did on whole milk, bacon and eggs in the morning as a good breakfast, when I get up on a Saturday morning, if I'm not working, that's what I think is a good breakfast. That's what I feel like eating. And it's not poison, right? You can have that every once in a while, but eating that on a day-to-day -day basis probably isn't good for you. My kids, my kids' kids have a different idea about what a good breakfast is, a better idea. So we have to remember that we're not only worrying about ourselves as adults, but we have to worry about our children as well and give them the habits that they need to avoid heart disease. Dr. Eisenhower from Central Maine Medical Center. We'll have more with him coming up. You're listening to The Breakfast Club and the CMMC Hour. It's 16 degrees. We're live on the corner of Center and Bradman, Z1055. 39. We're talking to the medical director of the Central Maine Heart and Vascular Institute over at Central Maine Medical Center as part of the CMMC Hour today. Dr. Eisenhower. Big Red Sox fan, apparently. Well, certainly not a Yankees fan. <laughs> Wow, that little slap across the board there, that was good. It was a verbal slap. It was nice. Let's talk about some of the prevention of heart disease. Um, Chuck has mentioned it. He mentions it all the time. You know, Quitting smoking is, is one of the bigger ones, but there's obviously some other things as well. Right. So, you know, I talk about the fact that you can, there are things you can do things about and things you can't do things about. So your genetic makeup, who your parents were, is really not something you can change. But you can recognize that you have higher risk if your parents had heart disease or if your grandparents had heart disease, and pay more attention to the other risk factors, diet, exercise, uh, lifestyle issues of smoking, uh, and other uh, behaviors that are not good for you are really important. It's basically common sense. You know, people look for this or that important diet, this or that fad diet. Really, you need to worry about your weight, you need to worry about exercise, and you don't need a specific program to do that as a young adult. That's the real message. You know, by the time we get to somebody in the office who comes in sick, to some extent, the horse is out of the barn and we can put it back with catheters and with surgery and with drugs. But it sure would be nice if people looked at themselves before they got sick and did those very simple things. You know, in Maine, we have one of the highest uh, tobacco use rates in the country. And we really need to think about reducing that. You know, it's one of the hardest addictions to take care of. Um, and if you don't start smoking and you don't smoke until uh, after 18, you have a much higher risk, a higher rate of being able to quit. So we need to hammer that home, no matter who you are, endocrinologist, cardiologist, any kind of ologist that takes care of people. Really, smoking is a terrible thing. We need to work on that. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, and we talked about it uh, kind of off the air. We talk about heart disease and, and all that stuff, but vascular stuff can be really big too. Sure. I mean, people separate heart disease from vascular disease. And uh, as we were talking, it's really the plumbing system. Um, the blood vessels are the pipes and the 
heart can be thought of as uh, the heating system, if you will. And so the same processes that affect the coronary arteries, or the arteries in the heart, affect the peripheral arteries, arteries in the legs, uh, arteries that supply the brain. And uh, symptoms there, such as leg pain when you walk, or focal weakness or numbness, strokelets, things like that, are all things that need to be attended to. And those are things that need to be screened for by primary care physicians. Patients need to be cognizant of the fact that it is all connected. The same things that cause heart disease also help to foster peripheral vascular disease. Is, is there things you can look out for in case there is something going on, like swelling or pain or anything like that? So in terms of disease of the legs, pain or tightness in your legs when you walk, right? It's a very simple question that you can ask people. Do you have pains in your legs when you walk? If the answer is yes, that needs to be looked into. Uh, that's very important. Um, other things can be found on a simple physical exam. Noises in the neck when your physician or care provider listens to it. Uh, blood pressure that's elevated. Those things are very important. So it's important that people have uh, physical exams and be assessed for these underlying problems. But in terms of peripheral arterial disease in the legs, the simple question is, do you have pains in your legs when you walk? By the time you get to having sores or other things, pain at rest, it's a far more advanced process. Dr. Eisenhower is the medical director of Central Maine Heart and Vascular Institute over at Central Maine Medical Center. Dr. Eisenhower, thank you very much. You're quite welcome. And uh, even if you are a Yankees, I really, I, I, am glad that you're, you're, you're still stuck on that. That's good. That's, that's good. It is 8:43. It's 16 degrees outside. Chuck Gill will come in, and much like Mariana Rivera, close things out. You're listening to the Breakfast Club, Z1055. The Breakfast Club. It's 8:50 and 16 degrees, and Chuck Gill comes in to close things out for the CMMC out, like he does every other Friday here on the Breakfast Club. Chuck, I, I always start off with just one question, and you just take it from there. So here it goes. Here's my one question for you that I always have. What's happening over at Central Maine Medical Center? Well, I think, Maddie, today you saw that uh, we have really a world-class cardiac program. Dr. Eisenhower was on for the, uh, the segments during this, and we've really put together a first-class program right here in Lewis and Auburn. It's comprehensive. We have the heart open heart surgery, we have angioplasty, we have vascular program, we have the classes and everything else. This is a center that people of the Lewis and Auburn can be proud of. People from all over Maine are coming to this program so you don't have to leave the area. Uh, our promise a few years ago now, it's now we've been open, what, uh, three, 12, 12 years, uh, and we've been talking about this for about 20 years is this is a great step forward for the Lewis and Auburn area, and people can stay local and get first-class care. So you heard that earlier. Uh, we've just finished the Heart Month, which is February, so we had successful events with the, the Her Heart Luncheon, our Heart, Heart Conference, uh, and we'll continue uh, these kind of events throughout the year. New doctors coming to down. We have Dr. Perlman, actually re his return engagement, our neonatologist. Dr. Ostrander at Mayanava Family Medicine is here in town, so that expands our capacity for family medicine right here in Auburn. Some more other important, interesting things. Uh, you can always go online and find out about our classes, the events and classes at cmmc.org. We continue to offer free lung screenings for people who are at high risk for lung cancer. People are 
between the ages of 55 to 74, a current or former smoker, or have quit in the last 15 years. Uh, the, the research shows that, in fact, the study was actually stopped because it was so successful, that uh, CT scanning of people that are smokers that are, meet certain categories is effective. So if you think you can be, uh, uh, are interested in this, you should call 795-8354. That's 795-8354 about uh, lung cancer screenings. Also, uh, talked about Facebook. Uh, Symptomatic Medical Center's Facebook is number one in likes uh, for every, any hospital in the state of Maine. So we continue to grow that. We have over 15,500 people that, that are following us on Facebook. Uh, it's a good way for communication. We put a lot of information there. So we invite anyone to follow us on Facebook and uh, be part of our family. Uh, we'd like to share information. And social media is a very important way for people to get information. And, and for particularly younger people now, that is their source of, of information. Uh, so follow us on Facebook. That's a, that's a really good idea. You can always find the latest and greatest stuff there as well. It's always good to see that stuff in your news feed, health tips, things like that, that Sometimes we all forget about so that's good stuff. Chuck Gill with the CMMC Hour wrap things up. Any any golf events coming up? Just the, so I can look forward to the warmth of we something. We do. In in June we have our uh, golf ball drop. It's not you don't need clubs. You just have to have you have to be lucky because if your <laughs> ball gets closest to the hole at Martindale, you can win big money. So it's a way to support the Arbor House, which is free housing for people here. And then we have a golf tournament in September. And we actually have another event in August, a global event, where you play golf at night and chase a, a ball around in the dark. Uh, that takes incredible skill and, and uh, <laughs> determination, but that's also another fundraiser. So we have three golf events, June, August, and September. And as we get closer to those dates, we'll be talking more about it. And we're sure the snow will be melted by then. We're hoping so. Okay. But we can always use orange golf balls for the June event <laughs> if the snow isn't melted. This is this is a great point. And we also want to be careful that people don't go try to go out and shovel that because that could be another health hazard because that seems to be a big question from folks whether or not they can yeah, shovel we or not. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. That it, lifting snow, particularly a lot of snow, is, is not easy. Uh, and here we're coming into March. Shortly we'll have the heavy, wet snow. So if you're not in great shape, and even though you've been lifting snow for years, maybe you should get the neighbor's kids to do it for you. Or your own. Play it. Or your own kids. That's Tell your great. own kids to wake up and go out and shovel the snow. It's good for them. See, I, that's why I had kids, so I could just you know continue to extend my life by not shoveling. It's, Twelve years a slave. Yep, it's 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 working well. I, I don't know. It's I think it's more than that now at this point. <laughs> it's eight fifty five. We're speaking with Chuck Gill from Central Maine Medical Center. He brought in Doctor Eisenhower, the medical director at the Central Maine Heart and Vascular Institute, to listen to this in full. You can just go right to CMMC's website. The replay will be played right there as part of CMMC Radio. And, of course, you can hear it on our audio archives at Z1055.com. Chuck, see you in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Can you bring in a Yankees fan next time? That'd be great. I, I felt like I took a lot of abuse today. We, we're, we're looking for Yankees if fans. You, if you can find a Yankees fan. We have a search on for Yankees yeah, fans. That's, I just put that put that right out there. Looking you know, for it's Yankees easier fan. to find Yankees fans when they, they win the World Series. See, exactly. Right now, they've disappeared. Isn't that weird how that works? Yeah. Bandwagon. Front runner. Unbelievable. It's 8.56. You're listening to The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club.